Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. We're in our last message in this series, I Declare War. I don't know about for you, but it's flown by for me. I have found myself time and time again over the last few weeks drawing from the insights that James has given us in his New Testament letter. Over and over again, I am seeing how God is working through his word to bring about transformation in my life. And I hope that's been true and is true for you as we have gone through each of these messages. The first was fight the war within. That was the first battle strategy that James gave to us. The next, know who's in charge. The third battle strategy last week, win the war of words. And today it's my privilege to be able to conclude this series with the insights from James and talk about the battle belongs to God. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15, we read about how the men of Judah were preparing for battle. And as every person stood before the Lord, God's Holy Spirit anointed Zechariah and he shared these words of hope. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Think about it. In that moment, there were thousands of people afraid, overwhelmed, because they thought they were going to lose a battle against what what seemed to be a more powerful enemy. But God wanted his people to know then, and God wants his people to know now, that the battle isn't ours. It's God's, if we'll put our faith and our trust in him. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the struggles that you have right now. But can I just lovingly tell you, can I encourage you, don't do life alone. Put your faith in God. Right now, at the beginning of this message, say, pray it. God, I am going to absorb your help, I'm going to ask for insight and wisdom. And we're going to need it as James unpacks for us chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. And, And in this passage of Scripture, we're going to take three decisive steps to freedom. Three. They're powerful. They're incredible. They're going to help us realize that we do not have to face sin and temptation alone. In fact, we're going to realize together that there is no battle that we cannot win as long as God is on our side. And please don't look at me and say, Pastor, that's kind of a cliche. What about health struggles, jobs, families, uh, uh, relationships? Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Listen intently to what James is going to share with us and decide to declare war. 
decide to put God first, even right now when you may not be able to see the outcome, because the battle belongs to God. So let's get started. James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. James writes, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Here's the first bold, decisive step to freedom. Recognize the source of our pain. Just say that with me. Recognize the source of our pain. When I look at this passage, honestly, I feel for James because as a teacher, don't, don't forget that, we've, we've learned that as a teacher, James loves this group of people so much that he's come to a point where he's saying, let's really get honest about the struggles. Immediately, James asks a personal, but also a, let's call it a community question. Don't your battles come from the desires within you? Wow, James has written a letter that has landed smack dab in the middle of a struggle in a culture of followers of Jesus who are not able to really absorb this incredible truth. And and therefore, they're giving into their own desires. They're battling themselves, but they're fighting with each other. Now, James' question actually spans a lot of different areas. Uh, we, I think James is referring to things like theological disagreements, divisions, possible lawsuits, and just not getting along with each other. James doesn't take the time to name all of the problems. He's more concerned with the root cause of the behavior. He wants his readers to stop blaming other people or circumstances for their problems. Wow, that's a lesson for all of us. If we're going to truly recognize the source of our pain, we first must stop blaming other people. We first have to put a halt, a dead halt, a dead stop on blaming other people for our problems. Or allowing other people to blame us for their problems. Some of you that are listening to this message today, you're you're like a a sponge. You, You soak in everybody's complaints. You think it's all your fault. Honestly, that's a false humility and we need to stop that. Because nothing could be further from the truth. But then there's the other group of people that are like blaming everyone but not thinking about their own struggle with desires deep within. In fact, this this phrasing for desires or pleasures comes from a Greek word that we translate in the English, hedonism. It's the philosophy that pleasure is the chief goal in life. 
James realizes that the fighting and quarreling among the believers in the church has stemmed from a desire to gain everything they can for their own personal satisfaction. They wanted to indulge their own pleasures. Their cravings were so strong that James calls their struggles the battle within you. Have you ever experienced such an internal struggle with sin and temptation that it was all it was just an ongoing battle it was an ongoing problem that you were uh, having to wrestle with james says listen the sinful behavior that erupts on the outside is a result of a secret pain on the inside in fact james prepares us to take this first step. He says, recognize the source of our pain. Stop blaming other people. Stop thinking about only yourself. Get quiet with God and begin to recognize the source of the pain. I I was in Nashville a couple of years ago where I grew up, and I was uh, there for a special event with family, and I was going to go to a concert. As I was getting into my vehicle, There was one lone rock, just one rock in the middle of a driveway. It was the only rock. Somehow a mower had kicked it over. It was dark. I couldn't see it. And I stumbled over it and literally turned my ankle before the concert. I was in pain. Days later, I found myself at at a foot doctor getting a shot for the issues and problems that one little rock had created. Do you realize this parallel? One small sin tucked away into our lives that we overlook, that we push down deep, that we want to blame someone else for. Like that rock, it can disrupt our entire lives. Tucked away inside all of us is the ability to to want to do something so desperately That that's all we can focus on. It's all we can think about. And James James cautiously tells his readers, you've got to recognize the source of your pain. If we're going to straighten out these struggles, get honest with yourself. Understand. In fact, James goes on and he says, There are divisiveness and indifferences that are leading you to commit two real sins. First, he said to those people, you do not ask God for help. Man, that can be us. When I'm struggling with sin and temptation, sometimes, even though I know I should go right to God, sometimes I just want to say, no, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm tough enough. I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. James says, that leads to the other problem. When you do finally ask God for help, your focus is on what you're going to get out of the answer to prayer. You want to be able to utilize God's blessings for personal gratification. Sometimes I wonder 
Is God more tolerant of people who don't ask for his help rather than followers of Christ who pray with wrong motives and selfish ambitions? Folks, we're all in this together. We can declare war. The battle belongs to God. But it all begins when we realize that true transformation can literally come when we put our faith and trust in Jesus. Let's recognize the source of our pain. Let's call it out, even if we don't want to drag it into the light. No matter how difficult the sin or the problem, no matter how long we've lived with our own struggles, and what we've tried to convince ourselves of, let's declare war on sin because the very first step to incredible freedom that God gives us is partnership with him. Now, that leads us to James chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. And this, this is pretty incredible. James, James is going to get really honest here. He says, watch this, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means in, enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that he is jealous? He jealously longs for the Spirit he is called to dwell in us. But he gives us more grace. This is why Scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Here's our next bold step that will lead to freedom. Identify the transformational source of strength. If we're going to declare war and truly believe and know by faith that the battle belongs to God, it's time to identify the transformational source of the strength that we need to be free. Now this is where James says, now listen, let's get honest about it. Sin is destructive. He tells his readers that when we sin, we're actually committing adultery against God. Now stop right here and just let's track on this together. Anytime we sin, and remember that from week one, we pull back the arrow and we miss the mark. Anytime we sin, first and foremost, we're sinning against God. Yes? We're, we're hurting other people and especially hurting ourselves. But what we've got to get in our minds is what James is saying. That we actually commit adultery in our relationship with God because we're not loyal to him. We're not putting all of our faith and our trust in Jesus. Now, you and I can't see this in the English language. But in the Greek grammatical formation of this verse, James uses a Greek feminine ending because he wants to remind his, his uh, letter readers that they are a part of the body of Christ. And when we sin, we fall short of God's glory. And in this case, as has happened in many, many occasions, people hurt each other in the life of the church. Now think about that. The one place where God's love and grace and hope 
should stand out as a hallmark above anything else is in his church family. Sadly, I think often the church breaks God's heart because people, again, because of their desires, they want their own way. They want to do their own thing. We're tempted to want to go in our own direction, and it brings division among God's people. This isn't how it should be. James conveys a shockingly blunt truth that when we sin, we never hurt only ourselves. When we sin, we're divided in our love for God. We focus on the world, and that's, that's a world that God is, has transitioned us from. At least it should be in our thoughts and in our minds. Can you imagine? Can, I, I just, this got into my mind, and, and I thought it would be worthwhile to, to share this. Can you imagine if James was tweeting? Let, let, let's actually look at that. I want you to see. We put it like a tweet. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that he, is, he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? Can you imagine if that came up in your tweet feed? How people would go berserk? They would say, James, you're too hard. Where, where's all the hope? See, sometimes, church, we forget that we have to identify our transformational source of strength. But to do that, we have to realize we need transformed. We can't transform ourselves. Literally, who will we will our allegiance to? I mean, think about this. James literally tells us that God envies intensely. He longs for the Holy Spirit he has placed within our lives when we ask Jesus to be our Savior. Oh, what a beautiful thought. I understand it as a dad. There are times I haven't seen my children now that they're older and they don't even live away. They live close by. But there will be days or sometimes even a week or more and I don't see my children. And I start to long with an intensity to see them, to be with them, to talk, to share. And think about it, I've got a phone. I can FaceTime. Have you ever thought about God that way? God longs for us. He doesn't want us to be separated from him by sin. The battle belongs to God. He's, he's like, listen, I need you. I love you. God wants us. God loves us. And, and God knows that sin is bad. But listen to what James says. But God is good. Sin is bad. But God is good. Literally, he says, God is ready to give more grace. I can relate to the evangelist D.L. Moody. 
who was very authentic and transparent when he said, I have more trouble with D.L. Moody than any other man I know. Who do you have the most trouble with? Are you really going to blame that on a family member, a friend, a background, uh, an environment? Yeah, all of those are factors and have an impact on us, but let's, let's just get real honest. James says, would you just stop? Identify your source of transformational strength. It must be God. Everything else pales. Anything we desire or long for other than God and being with God, it, it, it causes the enemy, Satan, it, to, to come against us. It gives the enemy a foothold. We are all so helpless. But don't miss this. God is ready to give. More grace, more forgiveness, more love. We can't outgive him. We can't outlove him. God is an incredible God. Please, if you're listening to this, don't give in, don't give up, and don't just get carried away in a rush of sin's destruction. Turn to God because God cares so much for us. He longs for us with an intensity and, 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 a, and a desire that if we'll just turn to him, he will give us the strength that we need. Now, finally, in James chapter 4, verses 7 through 10, we, we realize this. James writes, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Here is the third incredibly bold decision that will give us this step of freedom that we're longing for. Submit repent, resist, and come to God. Let's declare war. The battle belongs to God. And so we need to submit, repent, resist, and come to God. I, I think this is interesting. Uh, James has quoted in this passage, he's quoted from Proverbs 3.34, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Literally what he's saying is, when we are prideful, we're in sin. In fact, I want you to just think about this for a, a couple of seconds. I really believe that behind every sin is the sin of pride. I think the root of all sin is the sin of pride. I can do it on my own. I don't need God. I know what's best for me. Those are all aspects of pride. But James comes in and he says, humbly submit to God. Why? Because when we humbly submit to God, pride takes a back seat. It, it, goes, it goes to the backdrop. Because our transformation comes when we make room for God. This is why James says to all of us as he's writing, he says, uh, this, this is not a one-way street. This is a partnership, this relationship that we're in. 
Therefore, submit to God. The word submit means to be subject to or subject under. That's the problem that we have. Because of pride, we don't want to submit. We, we want this independence that we think is so worthwhile. But have you ever noticed how many times we cry out to God after we've exercised our independence? And we've, we're doing our own thing, and we cry out to God, and God's like, why didn't you come to me in the beginning? Submit. But then embedded in this idea of submission, and you're not going to see this word repent, but embedded in this understanding of what it means to submit is this idea and need to repent. The word repent means to turn from, to change your mind for the better. What James is really getting at is repentance needs to be an act of sorrow where we're not only saying to God, I blew it, but God, I want to turn away from prideful, negative, sinful behavior. Repent. This act of sorrow expresses our love for God, who, as we just saw, loves us so intensely. We need to declare war and realize the battle belongs to God, but we submit, then we repent. But now we need to resist. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. The apostle Paul wrote, Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Wow. Our battle isn't just with ourselves. That's enough, isn't it? Our battle isn't just with the world. That's difficult. But our battle is also with Satan. And this is why James says, listen, resist. Resist the devil. How do we do that? James, James gives us this overview. He says, Wash our hands. In other words, make our conduct clean. Purify our hearts. Possess unadulterated thoughts and motives. Grieve, mourn. Why would we grieve, mourn, and wail? He's saying, hey, listen. Display grief inwardly so that it comes outwardly that we are, are against sin. And then he says, change laughter and joy to mourning and gloom. Why? He says, change laughter and joy to mourning and gloom because he's saying, quit making so light of this sin problem. Quit thinking that how the world lives is acceptable. Stop allowing this struggle with sin to invade your life. Instead, let's declare war. Let's submit. Let's repent. Let's resist this enemy, and then he says in this bold step to gain the victory, he says, come near to God. I love this about our God. God graciously forgives any of us who repent in humility. And then James says, 
When we repent, there is a promise directly from God. He will lift us up. What does that mean? It's a picture of God raising his children to a place high and exalted by the side, right by God's side. It's this idea that God will take us to a summit of blessing and hope. Each of us needs to be more faithful to God. And if we're not careful, the enemy of our soul will be the one to try to tempt us and distract us so that we become so sinful that afterwards he's laughing and we're devastated. Instead, what we need to do is to realize, and let's, let's look at this third decision one more time. Submit, repent, resist, and come to God and when we do, God will give us more. God will lift us up. God will give us grace. But we won't know that until we come to him. We won't experience all that we long for and what God, the Heavenly Father, wants to give unless we put our faith and our trust in him. We declare war. The battle belongs to God. We're going to recognize the source of our pain. We're going to make the decision to identify our transformational source of strength. And then we're going to submit, repent, resist, and come to God. And we're going to do that every day, again and again and again. And as we do, we're going to be lifted up. We're going to experience freedom. And we're going to win the war because God's already won the battle. The battle belongs to him. It was late one night, and I was a young man who thought I should own a 32-foot hard-top camper tow behind. Kay had grown up camping in, 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 in RVs and pop-ups, and so we got one that needed a lot of help. We were excited. But as we were getting ready to go away on a trip with the kids, I knew that the brakes that were electric needed to be checked. And, and because I got behind, I uh, got out at night late. It was probably about 6 or 7 o'clock. And I knew I had problems. There's no YouTube. There's no internet. And so I called my father-in-law, Kay's dad, Bob. And I said, Dad, I know you know all about RVs and trailers. This is what's going on. I sat on the ground under the trailer with the wheel off on a cordless phone, if you know what that is. And for hours... My father-in-law talked me through how to replace and repair electric brakes on a camper. But what was so mind-blowing to me was the moment when I was ready to give up. I was done. I was tired. It was midnight. Kay was out there with a flashlight. The kids were in bed, and there she is, my beautiful wife, with a flashlight trying to help me as I, I'm listening on the cordless phone. I said, Dad, I can't do it. 
He said, you can. You can do it. I said, I'm ready to throw in the towel. I'm going to give up. And then I heard him say, son, I'm helping you. We can do this together. And we did. We fixed them. Our camping trip was great. And it was all because my father-in-law believed in me. Did you know that God believes in you more than you could imagine or dream? He intensely loves you. He wants you by his side. He wants us to stop being so proud and arrogant and come in humility. Not because God wants to chastise us, but because as a heavenly father, God wants to love us and he wants to lift us up. It's time to declare war. The battle belongs to God. Some days we'll stumble. Some days the battle will feel like it's hot and raging. But here's the truth. With God, all things are possible, but we have to choose today to put our faith and our trust in him. Are you ready? Are you ready to do it? Here's what I would love for you to do. I want you to stand where you are, unless you're in the car driving. But I want you to, if, if you're watching this so that you can stand, I want you to stand and declare war with me. Let's put our hands out and let's watch what God will do when we put our trust in him. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this incredible message from James. God, forgive me for the times that I'm doing my own thing my own way and pride gets in the way. Inside, I really want this freedom. But God, I struggle because my desires and my pleasures can overtake me. Father, I'm asking for help. We know that you've already won uh, the war and the battle is yours. But God, help us right now. We are asking you, we are standing before you, hands outstretched, fill us to overflowing, and bless my friends and family. Watch over this group of people. Let this message spread to people that have never heard your word, O oh God. And let people start to find freedom, not in the things of this world, but in the things that you give beyond this world like hope and love and grace. We declare war, God, and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you so much. This has been an incredible series. I encourage you to dig deep in James. Keep reading. There's more in there than we've had the ability to cover, but just know that God is for you, and if God is for you, who can be against you? Don't do your own thing. Man, I'm tempted to do that. Let's do God's thing together. And don't forget, you're not alone. I love you, and until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below, and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. 
So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast. And also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.